I'm Mike from the Sheboygan, Michigan area. This is true what I am about to describe. On November 24, 2010 me and two of my friends went out at night around 12 a.m. We were not hunting but had weapons. We were looking for a spot to set up our blinds for the muzzleloading season when we crossed from a field with tons of deer beddings. We came into another field with none whatsoever. We continued through this field and came across some kind of game trail. We decided to venture down this trail into the woods. We got maybe 300 yards back in it and started hearing heavy breathing and snapping sounds in the thick brush to our right. We thought maybe coyotes but we got to a corner and were stopped in our track. In front of us, maybe 60 yards away, was something blacker than the wood standing on two feet and stood between six feet eight inches and seven feet four inches. We slowly turned away and backtracked. Before we got to the field the same thing was in front of us again. We turned around for a second and then turned back, it was gone. When we got into the field we noticed there were four or more of these creatures, one on each corner of the field just standing there. We saw one move halfway behind a tree. At this point we were freaking out. We made our way through the field and got to the edge and there was one standing directly in the middle of the trail entering the woods. We hauled butt back home and the whole way we felt like we were being watched and stalked. We have been out every night since then. We have learned do not use lights because it comes closer than 60 yards. The closest it has been to me was maybe 25 yards and was moving closer. At that point I shot at it. There were five total that we saw the fist night and after I shot at one. We went out last night and there were only four and they seemed more aggressive. In the field, it seems they tried hurting us into a corner. You can believe this or not, but I am in the Michigan National Guard and I put what I saw on my warrior ethos and army values. So, I grew up in Vandercook Lake. Michigan and I lived in a small trailer park about 2 miles from 127 Highway. 2 miles of pretty heavy woods and swamps, but really nice trails. Anyway, a few friends and I would walk the trails to the sand pits by the highway. We were 10 to 11 years old at the time. Anyway, an argument happened, and the youngest kid pretty much got told to go home. He stomped off down the trail toward the trailer park, away from the highway. A few minutes later, he came screaming and crying back to us, running like a bat out of hell. He said there was a monster on the trail and it was following him. We looked down the trail and there was something standing about 50 yards away just staring at us. The best I can describe this thing was that it looked like the splinter toy from TMNT. Like a rat standing on its hind legs. But, it had what looked like a blue tarp wrapped around it like a hood. It also had a backpack or bag on its back. The face is what I remember best because it was so stoic looking. Long, like a dog's snout and light brown colored with fuzz or thin fur. Intelligent and not malicious looking, but still terrifying. I don't know, I'm 38 now and still remember it very vividly. Also, growing up till I was 16, I saw lights and heard weird sounds coming from the woods all the time. Anyway, if anyone else has seen anything like this, let me know. So, 
My father likes to frequent the sports club of the local university where he teaches to run and exercise. It is a large sports area, with swimming pools, soccer and basketball fields etc. He still goes there every now and then. This place is at the exit to the next town and close to where we live. He goes there walking and cuts the way along a trail that goes up a ravine, passing beside a large eucalyptus plantation. Through this shortcut you can avoid walking half a kilometer uphill to the main entrance. A lot of people use this shortcut, including local employees. One day he went for a run a little later than usual, at around 6.30 pm. About an hour later, sun already gone and just a few more minutes left of daylight, he was exhausted so decided to return by the same shortcut as usual. Would not be much of a problem since the full moon was high in the sky. When he reached the edge of the woods, he noticed a figure in the middle of the trees that looked like a horse inside the eucalyptus enclosure. He first ignored it and kept walking, thinking if he should try to communicate someone around about it. Mind that this place is surrounded by farmers that own horses. He kept walking but started to feel eerie, as if someone was watching him. The feeling soon became stronger, a few more steps and he realized that the horse was walking alongside with him. So he looked again between the trees and saw that it was behind a tree. He thought that was strange, a horse hiding? Also, it managed to stand facing the tree between them? He just shook it off and continued the trail. He was already halfway down but the unsettling fear was increasing so he looked at the horse again and, as his eyes adjusted to the darkness, he could see it a little better. Now it didn't really look like a horse because he saw the animal jump from behind a tree to another, by the way it jumped it seemed to be a very tall and strong person. He stopped in shock and stared at the animal, still behind the tree, and noticed something swinging, what he previously thought was the horse's tail now looked like a man wearing a long coat, but the darkness and shadows of the branches were too confusing to figure it out. He decided to ignore it and move on, thinking it was maybe just his imagination. He kept on track but, at the end of the trail there is a point where his path and the path where the animal was would cross each other. He started to freak out and decided to go back to the field and take the avenue, so he started walking back, paying close attention to the animal. He even thought it could be a friend trying to scare or make fun of him. Going back towards the field where the lights were now on, he could better see its silhouette, a massive muscular thing, hunchback, apparently covered in thick fur and what seemed like pointy ears in its head. He stopped in disbelief, but the creature kept walking towards him, not worrying much about hiding anymore. That's when his blood ran cold, the animal was approaching from the side as if it wanted to trap him. He tried not to run in order to display confidence and avoid attention, so he fast walked back towards the field, distancing from the trail, when he took a last glance. The animal was there, still, lowered in a bush on its fore like a gorilla. It looked like a huge human dog. When he they were around 100 meters apart, my father ran to the main entrance at the avenue and was relieved to see that the animal did not follow. He came back by the avenue, still on high alert, crapping his pants. Now every time he goes there, he makes sure he doesn't stay past dusk. My mom swears there is a werewolf creature around the Camp Douglas-Fort McCoy area of Wisconsin. In the late 90s, 
mom and boyfriend were driving on the frontage road alongside the interstate between Toma and Sparta. It was a full moon night in the fall. I call it a frontage road but it's sometimes visible to the interstate and other times not because of trees. What they think is a exceptionally large man runs out of the trees on all fours and leaps over the chain link and barbed wire fence around some military area. This fenced-in area has a stone entrance wall with a sign stating what it's for and the army installation it belongs to. The thing his ears you like a human, more like a dog and leaps over the chain link barbed wire fence and disappears into more woods. They don't stop but freak out asking the others in the car if they saw whatever it was. About five years later, my dad's cousin, didn't know my mom, broken family reasons, is talking to me about how he and his girlfriend were on that frontage road driving out to look at a home they wanted to buy. It was dusk in winter. They come close to this stone entrance thing, and something is on top of it. They slowed and looked at it. They said it was a werewolf sitting on its haunches on the stone wall and it looks right at them. Its ears move back like a dog's do when it's thinking about taking off after something. His wife screams and he floors it away. They never stopped to see the house, just made it back onto the interstate. What gets me is the two sightings happened years apart, and at least six total adults saw it. Some of them I think would just love to say they saw something like this, but not all of them are this fanciful. Nevertheless, when I had to go to Fort McCoy to get my CAC and the group of us from my employer got lost on the way in this wooded area, I couldn't help but look into Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The woods just in case I saw it. I'm going to state right away that my sighting has terrorized me to say the least. When I was a small child I watched an American werewolf in London by myself and had been mortally afraid of werewolves since then. My sighting was on the 20th of July in 2012. It was a Friday night. I was 19 at the time, and didn't have many responsibilities other than delivering pizza part-time, so naturally being a teenager I was out with friends at a house party in Old Katy a suburb west of Houston, TX. My friends and I experimented with both marijuana and alcohol, but we were always responsible enough to make sure one of us stayed sober to be the designated driver. That particular night was my turn to be the sober one. My friend B had gotten well past drunk and once he was starting to behave reckless I decided it was time to leave the party and take him home. He didn't want me to take him home, 
so instead he asked me to drive him to one of his friend's houses that I'm not familiar with. This friend, who I only remember as Joey, lived on the far west outskirts of Katy, close to a town called Brookshire. I took Morton Road to get there, with the driver and passenger windows down so B could get some fresh air. The street is one turn north of Morton, and while I don't remember the name of the street I do remember how to get there, my sense of direction is fairly superior. I've delivered pizzas all throughout Katy, and have since become a local truck driver in Houston. The road had three or four house on the eastern side, and on the west side was a fairly large forest area, maybe 40 or so acres, and dead ends just past the last house. I had noticed the moon was full before I even went out that night. I got to Joey's house, the second house on the right and parked my car on the left side of the road, closest to the trees. I helped B get out of my car and walked him to the porch, Joey came out and thanked me for dropping him off and we said goodbye. I decided to smoke a cigarette before I left the road. At the time, I shared my car with my dad and his number one rule was to not smoke in his car. After lighting my cigarette it didn't take long to notice that the road was eerily silent. I assume I didn't notice before as I was helping my noisy drunk friend get inside the house. Maybe three drags of my cigarette I heard heavy footsteps going across the gravel maybe 100 feet in front of me. I was alarmed at the sound they made, similar to the sound of pulling something metal against concrete. As I've stated, my fears have always been werewolves. Here I am, alone, standing on a dark road under a full moon and I hear something big walking too close for comfort in front of me, I didn't hesitate to throw down my cigarette and get into my car. I told myself as I was getting in that I wouldn't turn on my headlights so I wouldn't have to see what was in front of me, and simply reverse my way back onto Morton Road and get the hell out of there. Unfortunately for me, my car had automatic lights that turned on as soon as I started the car, a fact that I was aware of but in my panic seemed to ignore. Immediately in front of me about a hundred feet as I had guessed was a six and a half to seven foot beast, on two legs. It was covered in black fur, with the body of a gym-addicted man and the head of what I guess could be similar to a German shepherd or a black wolf. It had human-like feet covered in the dark fur as well with large claws sticking out about two inches, and it held its left hand out the same way a human would reaching for something in front of him slash her. I noticed that the fingers ended in large claws as well. While this was enough to cause my jaw to drop, what got me the most was that it was wearing torn blue jeans that seemed too tight and unnaturally torn, and an open flannel blue shirt that was ripped at its bulky shoulders. It looked my way when the lights revealed it and glared at me with narrowed yellow eyes bearing its large fangs. My windows were still down and I hadn't touched my radio so I had no trouble hearing the loud growl it let out. It then turned its head to the forest and dropped on all fours and ran out of my sight into the trees. All of this took place in about 20 seconds, but it felt like hours. At this point I literally had tears in my eyes but didn't hesitate for one second longer to shove my car in reverse and put the gas pedal to the metal. I heard loud growling and grunting as I was leaving. I reversed onto Morton Road and went 80 to 90 miles an hour down the streets leading back to Katy and didn't slow down till I was on Interstate 10. While still on Morton Road I kept my eyes in front of me and sobbed the whole time because I had never been so scared in my life. 
I can swear that the look I got from this creature was communicating to me that I had no business seeing him and that he wanted me gone. The look reminded me of criminals on TV being caught in their wrongdoings and wanting to cause harm to those who witnessed it. I got home, ran inside and called my Scottish Terrier into my room and didn't sleep till the sun was up. To this day I've never had a desire nor the nerve to go back to that part of Morton Road I obsessed over the idea that I had seen a werewolf and researched werewolf sightings on Google and was intrigued by the Beast of Bray Road sightings and everything else that came up. I was disappointed to see that nothing I found on the web was precisely what I saw, while the beasts others have encountered seem similar, none were spotted wearing clothes. The reaction. I told my mother and father what I had seen, and while my mother could tell I was being genuine, my father was more interested in me driving that far from home without letting him know so I stopped talking about it. Of the seven people outside of my family I've told, only my wife-to-be and my friend Mike seemed to believe me, most laughing and asking stupid questions such as did you ask the werewolf if he got the vampires yet? And similar things like that. I've always wanted to write you, but it wasn't hard to notice that my story sounds far-fetched, especially considering the fact that I couldn't find any other reported sightings near the Houston area, nor much in Texas recently either. I guess I was scared of being ridiculed, or to be honest scared that if I did say my story that somehow the creature would find out and hunt me down. I'm honestly positive I'll never stop being haunted by the memory of this creature, it's just too vivid and too frightening to put out of my mind. I also never told the friend I dropped off there that night, what I saw. In fact, I didn't see him again for two years until accidentally bumping into him at a gas station in South Katy. Last week, my mom and fiancé went shopping at Barnes & Noble and noticed real Wolfman and thought I'd like it. I haven't put it down since and after reading the chapter where the woman in Tennessee saw a clogged creature, I decided that after four years of hesitating it was time to write to you. I'm not sure what happens next, but I want to say thank you again for getting back to me and taking the time to listen to my sighting. I know that some of these creatures have been spotted in daylight, but I just don't know how what I saw couldn't be a werewolf. The moon was full, the official full moon was July 19th but it still looked exactly the same from what I saw, and this creature was wearing clothes. I know some dogs wear sweaters when their owners force them to but even pretending that dogs walked on two legs standing seven feet tall. How someone could dress a dog up that way is beyond me. And there's no way in hell that it was a man dressed up as a werewolf slash wolfman slash dogman. It was just too real. I'm 23, a father of two daughters and I'll be married next month. The witness shared a few more things with me after I told him that in my experience, the upright canines with more humanoid features and especially those seen wearing a human garment tend to be seen near parks or Native American reservations. There are, in fact, several reservations near that area, he said, and since he is part Native American, he asked his grandmother about tribal lore that might explain the encounter. He said she told him that in their legend, the entities usually referred to as skinwalkers are more like the usual idea of werewolves. The witness drew a sketch at my request, then asked his mother to redraw it, using his drawing as a guide. I must say it looks very like a typical portrayal of a werewolf. The ruff or neck mane is something that many witnesses describe, however, clothing or no clothing. To play the devil's advocate, 
there is a big advantage to hoaxers in wearing clothing, because it eliminates the need for a full bodysuit of fur. In the drawing, the feet are shown as flat rather than digitigrade, supported on toe pads, but this witness didn't seem to think this could have been a human. The creature ran away on all fours. And there was that almost full moon. Claire, Michigan, is known for several odd phenomena, and thanks to a recent eyewitness report, I'm about to add a third. Set very near the center of Michigan's Lower Peninsula, Claire became the site of a string of UFO sightings in the late 60s and early 70s when strange lights were seen along Herrick Road. There have been UFO sightings about 14 miles south in Mount Pleasant, as well. It was in those same decades when area was also known as home of the Claire Deer Man. Most witnesses described the creature as fairly human from the torso up, including a human-like head, with eyes that were between animal and human. Its lower body, however, featured the legs and hooves of a deer or goat. It sounded like a satyr, something torn from the ancient legends of Pan. In 2005, however, a young woman driving home at night from her job at a nearby golf course at about 11.45 p.m. on Sunday, August 28, saw something entirely different. The weather was clear and warm, although Tropical Storm Katrina was at that time pounding the nation's southernmost states. As she tooled along in her 1996 Dodge Intrepid, she was sober and alert to her surroundings. She wrote, I had just turned onto Eberhardt Road which is a dirt road from Beaverton Road I was traveling south on Eberhardt, and going slow as I had just turned the corner, when I spotted the creature on the right-hand side of the road, under a yard light that someone had placed at the end of their driveway. At first I was unable to tell what it was, only that it was large and seemed out of place. In that area of the world we have many deer, and raccoons, rabbits, and the occasional coyote, wolf, mountain lion or bear. But even from a distance and with it hunched over, I could tell this was out of the ordinary. I slowed my car to a stop as I approached the creature, at this point I still had not seen its face as it was hunched over eating the garbage that had been placed by the side of the road for pickup the following morning. The visibility was good, as the home had installed a yard light, at the junction of the road and their driveway, and the garbage and the creature were directly under it. The first thing I noticed about the creature was that the fur was very short, like a horse's or a greyhound's, and shiny. The second thing I noticed was that it was in an odd position as it appeared to be hunched down with its arms and face low to the ground, as it was eating garbage, and it had shoulders like a man. It was jet black, and very and I cannot stress this enough, very heavily muscled, as it ate I could see the muscles in its shoulders and arms moving under the skin. It was larger than a man, perhaps the size of a bear when hunched over. If I had to guess, when fully standing, I would assume it to be over seven feet tall. At this point my mind was going a million miles an hour trying to identify this creature, the fur and shape was like nothing I had ever seen. Then it looked up, and I still get goosebumps to this day when I remember that face. Its face was horrible, I mean really horrible. The eyes were red, like a sort of red that appeared to give off its own luminescence, this could be incorrect and it could have been that they were just incredibly reflective from the yard light, but he was looking at me, not up, so it was very odd to me that they should glow like that. The teeth were the most predominant feature, 
They looked so unreal that I stared until it moved trying to convince myself that I was seeing it wrong and there was a logical explanation. The face was shorter than most werewolf or dogman images, and the teeth were so large that it seemed impossible that such a thing could exist. It was hideous, and so terrifying. It had ears like a Doberman but they curled in slightly, and it was sitting back on its heels, and it was built like a man from the chest up, shoulders and all. Then it made a lunge of sorts towards the car, the last thing I saw before flooring it out of there, was the face twisting into a snarl and that it was coming towards me. I have spent years trying to fathom how anything with teeth like that could possibly be a living thing, they just seem like they would get in the way, if that makes any sense. I have also spent years trying to convince myself that his teeth appeared metal due to the reflection of the lights, but Linda, and I could be wrong, but it looked like his teeth shone like metal. I literally floored my car, and it fishtailed on the gravel and I nearly lost control. I was so frightened, all I could think of was to get out of there and get out of there fast. I was living a couple of country blocks down the road at that time, and was so scared that I pulled my car up to the door and ran inside and locked the doors. I haven't seen it since, and outside of seeing a pair of ghostly legs crawl behind a chair while living in a haunted house, several years after seeing the dogman, I have never seen anything else that couldn't be logically explained. When I told her about the UFO and Dear Man reports, she said she had never heard about them although she grew up only a block from Herrick Road. But they made a sort of strange sense to her. She replied, I grew up with an intense fear of UFOs so intense that even as an adult I never felt safe in the area, yet oddly enough as soon as I moved, it was simply gone. Even as an adult, I could not sleep in the dark, and I would have these awful nightmares about getting sucked out my window, or being lined up in the backyard at night with the neighbors, no one being able to move or speak. Shudder I left and moved to central NY in 2011 and have had no fear since. Claire is also located about 20 miles east of Everett, known for glowing cemetery lights, and about 32 miles from Reed City, where several dogman sightings have taken place. The Manistee National Forest lies just westward of that town. As I told the witness, what she saw didn't resemble the majority of dogman reports I receive in regard to its huge, muscular shoulders canines don't have shoulders its sleek, shiny black fur, and of course the horrific face and giant, metallic teeth. I believe dogmen with this description usually have some association with other unknown phenomena such as lights, UFOs and other strange creatures, and Claire certainly fills that bill. These, black-furred, super-muscled monsters are not unique to Michigan but are reported from all over the world. In fact, I have another new report of a similar creature seen near Houston, Texas. Watch for it here soon. Back in 2001, I was living in Georgia with my ex-husband. We were living in an apartment at the time which had a good-sized balcony. My ex-husband smoked so I would often tell him to go out on the balcony so, the apartment wouldn't smell like cigarettes. Anyway one morning, I woke up to find him lying next to me shaking like a leaf. I asked him what happened and so, he proceeded to tell me his story. He said while he was out on the balcony smoking a cigarette when he heard what he thought sounded like a horn, from a train, blaring off in the distance. He thought nothing of it and continued to smoke his cigarette. 
All of a sudden he could hear the dogs in the surrounding area start to bark like crazy but again he shrugged his shoulders and continued to smoke his cigarette. Then he said heard the sound again but this time closer and it actually caused the sliding door on the balcony to vibrate. He quietly snuck back inside the apartment and just as he was closing the sliding door, he heard the sound again but this time it was right outside our front door and it sounded like something growling too. It was a while before he finally came to bed. After he finished telling me his story, I asked him what did it sounded like, he never saw the thing that made the sound, and he said the closest thing he could compare the sound to was the howling in the movie An American Werewolf in Paris. It was the end of my shift and I decided to take the trash out with me since I parked right beside the dumpster. As I was walking towards the dumpster I heard what sounded like a dog whining, so I looked around me. I didn't see anything so as I walked to my car I kept looking around to see if I could find the hurt pup. I unlock my car and do another quick scan of my surroundings when a car that was turning onto the street illuminated the yard across the street from where I was, it was quick glance but long enough to freak me out. I saw crouching near a fence a giant half man half dog creature. I just stared even after the car passes by I could feel it watching me and I just stared in the area I saw it. My mind wasn't processing what I saw and my danger senses were not going off I was stuck in shock. Then something snapped me out of whatever trance I was in and I jumped into my car and locked the doors. I sat there trying to tell myself that I saw what I saw trying to rationalize it. Maybe it wasn't a humanoid dog definitely wasn't a werewolf. I finally started my car and left. I had a long drive home down a very empty and dark highway and I felt like I was being followed the entire way home. I got to my ex-boyfriend mom's house where I was staying at the time and I ran inside because as silly as this sounds I felt like I was being watched. A few days went by and I forgot about my encounter until I was closing again and decided not to take the trash out, that was a job the morning crew could handle. But as I locked the store and walked to my car there on the hood were flowers picked from the ground little Indian paintbrushes and some other wild flowers. I was a little worried because I was afraid my ex was playing with me we were broken up but I still lived with his mom while he lived with some friends. He was a loser with no car so he couldn't have put them there but I also never thought he would beat me and cheat on me and he did that too so I couldn't be too sure. I took the flowers and got into my car and took my usual route home. The music was blaring and as I was getting closer to the only street light that illuminated a crossroad I saw this towering figure standing in the middle of the road I stopped just short of the circle of light on the road. I was sitting in the dark but in front of me under the light there it was huge I could see its snout and the claws and its extremely muscled legs it was hairy and it walked towards my car. I was scared. It reached out and put its long over-exaggerated paw on the hood of my car and pressed down causing the front end to buckle. I thought this is it this is how I die on an old empty road late at night. Luckily an 18-wheeler came over the hill and it ran off. Again I got home and ran inside. A few weeks passed and I put the encounter in the furthest part of my head I didn't want to think about it. My mind couldn't process if it was real or a dream so I just didn't think about it. 
Fast forward to a month later I had started talking to someone I met online and we were meeting for the first time I remembered that in the clothes I threw on my bed from the dryer there was a skirt and I had bought the perfect shirt to wear with it, but when I got home the skirt wasn't on my bed. I thought maybe my ex's mom hit it but she said she had no idea what I was talking about so I picked a different outfit. The date went okay but I didn't really talk to the guy after the date he ghosted me. I was kind of sad but not surprised that's usually what happened to me anyway so I didn't dwell on it too much. A few more weeks went by and one morning I heard her dog barking and freaking out, she usually puts him outside before she goes to work and I let him in when I get up. He was going crazy so I went to If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Check on him. He had wrapped his lead around a pole so I went to untangle him. Nothing was in the yard no animals nothing so I went back inside to use the bathroom when I went back out to let him in there was my skirt I lost a month before sitting in the grass damp from the morning dew smelled horrible and had tiny holes all throughout it. It wasn't there when I went outside before but it was there now. I couldn't believe it I sent pictures to my ex's mom and told her I found my skirt. 
I don't know how it ended up outside with holes in it it wasn't dirty so there was no way the dog buried it, but it did have a funky smell. I moved out shortly after because living there I found out why my ex was so toxic. I sometimes feel like I'm still being watched but I'm not scared by it anymore. I look at it as a guardian and protector. I don't know if it's all related but I like to think it is. The encounter occurred on February 2, 2016 at around 5 p.m. in Pullman, Washington. I was living in Pullman working and completing graduate degrees at Washington State University. I know the exact date because I have a habit-slash-hobby of writing bad poetry, and so when some phrase pops into my head that I want to write down, I jot it in the notes on my phone. That day, I wrote, and this is true, I'm afraid to walk alone afraid I'll meet the devil on the road. Until writing this, I had honestly forgotten about this strange detail of the story, which in retrospect is probably the least explainable aspect as it implies the encounter was somehow more than coincidental. Pullman is a small college town that is extremely walkable. For anyone who may be reading this familiar with the area, I commuted on foot daily from Lamont Street on Military Hill, down the walking-slash-biking path, and up College Hill via Stadium Way, mostly, to campus. So, I would walk down a hill, through a valley on a bike path, and up a well-lit hill into a college campus, taking about 45 minutes. Some other relevant details about Pullman are that it's extremely isolated, surrounded by rolling wheat fields to an extreme degree of deforestation, basic solely populated by local townies and undergraduates. The sun goes down famously early in any season but summer, Drunk undergraduates are common but very uncommon far from College Hill, where the encounter took place, it's not enough of a town to have a homeless population, and drifters are few and far between. To the point, I walked home that evening in the dark as I had hundreds of times. Upon reaching nearly the base of the street that I lived on, where the bike path would lead up to the nearby road, Grand Avenue, I saw the form of a humanoid crouched in the path ahead. While the road is somewhat lit, the bike path is down a small berm from the road and is very poorly lit in this spot. From about 60 feet out, I began to feel afraid, as I could not make out much about the form. About 30 to 40 feet from the crouched form, I stopped. I think if the figure was wearing clothing or had human skin of any shade, it would have caught more light. Instead, it looked too large to be human, its back too curved, its head too far forward and though I saw no evidence of fur, the context suggested to me very heavily that it was fur-covered. My inner dialogue ran through the options, and nothing made sense. If it was human, it was a very tall man crouched over as if balling himself up on the road, back deeply arched over. If it was not, it was humanoid and something people do not generally believe exists. Those are really the only two options. I began to have a fight-or-flight response. I said hey. At a moderate volume something like two or three times. The form moved. It looked like it was turning its head toward or away from me. I never saw eyes or any kind of light catch it. It just looked like a hunched over, crouched humanoid in the middle of a bike path at night, too large to be a person whose high school didn't try to get him to play basketball. And hey, maybe it was a drunk basketball player half a mile from campus. Or maybe not. 
I was torn between the realization that I was potentially witnessing something fantastic and the will to live beyond the moment. The will to live, fear, I guess, one. I immediately clambered up the embankment to the road, crossed the road, and walked the rest of the way home on the other side. The height difference, darkness, and existence of the berm kept me from seeing the form any further. I walked up the hill to my apartment, locked the door, and reflected on the bad poem line I had jotted earlier. I wondered if I was being followed by some evil creature and would be further hunted. Nothing else happened, and it became a funny story I told my friends in town. I don't know if this story and its details might be useful to anyone, but I wanted to offer it up. It's a true story. It happened. I have no explanation for it. Even if it was a human, it's a strange coincidence with the note. Maybe the most likely scenario is a stressed out graduate student hallucinated, Dino. I swear that there are some form of wolf man, dog man, werewolf, shapeshifter, skinwalker, whatever you want to call it living in my home province. I've heard them and I swear I've seen them. I grew up out in a rural community, where the closest kids were 10 minute walk away. We always had wildlife living in our backyard, from bears to coyotes, owls, foxes, even skunks and porcupines. I was very familiar as my father was a hunter and taught us the sounds and tracks and even the awful smells of the life around us. I'm 20 now and live in a large town on the outskirts of the city. I remember the first sign starting around the age of 14 to 15. I would be trying to sleep with my window open at night during the summer, and I would hear these mutilated howls, I've never heard the likes of before, which would terrify me into slamming shut my window, closing my blinds and locking what I could around the home. I would spend time outdoors or walking home from the bus stop and see massive paw prints or sometimes barefoot human prints on the sandy gravel road. There were these moments of awful stench, my mother would always claim it to be just the coons in the compost bins again, but there was no way on earth that's what the was. I began to spend less and less time out there due to feeling watched and unsafe. I didn't know what else to do, my dad left my mom and my stepfather was a city man who thought I was simply scared to be out because I'm a girl. There was one event three years ago when I was 17. We had a family friend who had a camp 40 minutes out into the middle of nowhere, and of course being myself I wanted to go and hang out with all my friends near my age. So we went. No cell service, no plumbing, all electricity was solar powered, outhouse and all camp on a lake. None of my friends were there, and all the adults went down three camps off for drinks and I was stuck with all the kids 13 and under. Free babysitting am I right? Anyway to the point, I had settled in and was reading a book with my flashlight while the kids were watching a movie on their tablet what's the point of camping if you're on your electronics? And I heard the sound of someone in the driveway, the footsteps on the gravel. I got up from my book and went to see if it was one of the adults from the group but as soon as I stuck my head out the door and noticed an awful rotten stench when the sound stopped and there was no one there. I swear I'd never felt so chilled as I did in that moment. The hair on my neck was raised and I slammed the door shut, loudly, and locked it. By night when the adults were back we paired up to go to the outhouse before bed. Of course myself and the family friend were the last two out there. 
I had done what needed doing and was waiting for my friend. That's when the twigs snapped and the chills were back. I saw movement, a large dark almost black dog-like shape was off in the tree line. I froze. It was darting around, so fast, I wouldn't have believed the speed if I hadn't seen it. My friend came out of the outhouse and the latch snapped my attention from it to her. She was concerned about how pale I was but when I tried to point it out, it was gone. Poof. We went inside and all throughout the night I could hear howling and barks and sounds from outside, it reminded me of the whole laughter sound from hyenas. But every so often there was this awful deep choppy howl of a sound, a sound no coyote could make. It wasn't the scream of a dying rabbit or the laughter from a fox, it was not natural. It was twisted. I tell this because about a month ago I was out with my boyfriend for a light night drive along the coast, off a distance from the city. While he was driving and we were talking, we both saw something massive. It was dark, almost black in color, dog-like in structure, and there was an awful unforgettable smell in the air. We both were shouting and sped off away from it. I convinced him it was just a black bear, but there was no way. It was far too large and thin for a bear in the late summer. I know it was that thing. But any time I tell someone about it, I'm told I'm crazy, I'm just hearing coyotes as we don't have wolves in our province. Should I be worried? Scared even? We live in town close to the city, I wouldn't think it would follow us here. But I can't help but feel anxious. Am I crazy? What is this thing? If I draw a rough image of it and share it later, would that help to identify it? So this happened many, many decades ago back in the early to mid 80s before cell phones and internet. I have no way to prove this to anyone but I will say that even at my age I still have nightmares about this encounter. At 13 years old I ended up going to live with my mother after being raised most of my life by my grandmother, her health was failing and I think she was protecting me from what was coming, her death. My mother and stepfather lived in a trailer park located in a small town. I grew up 40 minutes from this town and never knew it existed until my mother took me to live with her. There was only maybe 80 trailers in this whole place it wasn't huge and butted up next to the local canal, I was one of only 6 kids in the park so I had very few options for friends. One friend Jeff lived behind our section and my other friend Melissa and her family lived at the very end straight down from where I was located the place is shaped like a lowercase h. So I meet Jeff who was just a few months younger than I and we hit it off, I am female by the way, we rode bikes when exploring he was fairly new to the area as well and he was a good guy smart and funny. Well there was a trailer just up from the tip of the H, which also was the opening in the chain link fence to reach the canal so we passed by it all the time when we would go to the canal to swim or just go walk. And when I say red I mean think like old farmhouse barn red it was long and had a whole section built onto it, making go from a single wide to a double wide trailer. Well as far as Jeff and I knew no one lived there it was empty and the older lady who lived next to it said it belonged to a man who lived in the Bay Area, I live in California, which even to a couple of dumbass kids seemed odd the Bay Area was easily two to three hours away from us. So no surprise when the idiot patrol decides oh hey let's go inside and check it out. Yes we were stupid but we did it anyways in broad daylight. 
The front door was a large sliding glass door and I mean large by any standard. We waltz right on into the enclosed porch. We should have walked right back out, but as I said we were stupid. For some reason me and Jeff stopped to look at amputated bird feet, really big bird feet, not chicken or even turkey they were far bigger and the claws more predatory in nature. We turned to the front door and it too was unlocked okay so two dumbass 13 year olds and an open door invitation we walk right on in. Not the place was nice as hell inside and I mean nice, as in it looked like whoever lived there just went to the store and would be back any moment. So to cut this down some Jeff and I did an urban explorer thing this place had power, running water, and the fridge was stocked but yet no one had been here in over 5 years. We know because we asked the older lady who had a key to the place and there was never a car parked out there. So while the front room and one bedroom up front looked lived in we of course head for the back, all the while trying to figure out where the door to the added on full length room was because we were nosy little brats and wanted answers to lame questions, we found it, in a second bedroom that looked like something out of a new age horror movie slash porno. Ratty disgusting mattress on the floor, Polaroids all over the place at least 100 plus, and a cut out doorway to a pitch black windowless room that ran the length of the trailer from just behind the enclosed porch. It had one dresser about chest high on a couple of dumb kids and that's where Jeff was with his back to the black hole. I on the other hand was curious about the Polaroids laying around and starting looking through them. I wish to hell I hadn't because I can never unsee what was in those. I won't go into detail but they were taken in that room and the girl in those photos was dead. When it dawned on my innocent mind what I was seeing I dropped the photos like they burned and turned to my friend who was saying something to me but I don't know what but he was cut off by the most hideous evil laugh I have ever heard in my life to date. Since we were both looking at each other we knew we didn't make the sound we heard and we froze like terrified puppies, until I saw a large, and I mean large, hand reach out of the darkness of that hole for Jeff's head. I have never screamed so loud in my life as I did then and I shoved Jeff screaming run and he did we clear that trailer like our asses were on fire and literally leapt from the porch we didn't even shut the doors the old lady next door scolded us and we booked it, Jeff went to his trailer and I went to mine like a whipped puppy. It was the middle of June and I shook like I was inside a deep freezer. If that wasn't scary enough it gets freakier. My friend Jeff lived with his mom and dad and two little sisters I wanna say the girls were about 4 or 5 and cute as buttons. So two days later I finally get the guys to go around the roadway, I had to come into proximity to the red trailer, to go see Jeff and maybe talk about what happened. I get to Jeff's and the trailer, two doors down from my mom's oldest friend, was empty, as in the entire family had moved out. I asked my mother's friend who I- Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Called Grandma May and she said they threw everything in their van and left the night Jeff and I went into that trailer. 
I was shocked because just a few days before his mom had been talking about getting Jeff enrolled at the same middle school I attended so why leave too abruptly? I talked to my mom but she just shrugged it off and went back to her drinking. My mom was an alcoholic she usually cracked her first beer by 9.30 am and didn't go to bed until there was no beer left in the fridge. What's even scarier is about two weeks later no one remembered Jeff or his family except me and Jeff had been to my trailer meet my mom and stepdad. Let me also clarify that no one believed me about the photos, I always regretted not taking the ones I had been holding with me. So jump ahead and I started hanging out with Melissa and her family she was a year younger than me and I was 14 at that time. She two older sisters Terry and Stephanie both older girls were amazing and treated me like another sister her parents were simply amazing and Melissa was a sweet gentle girl who never had a mean thought in her life. But of course to go there I had to pass by the red trailer. Every time I felt something watching me which was pretty spooky given there were no windows on that side. It was the added on section to widen the trailer but they didn't add windows. So another summer evening and I finally get the guts to tell Melissa's sister Stephanie about the trailer so she decides hey let's go check it out and I was like oh no. I don't remember after all these years why but I finally cave in and said fine but not past the living room. We brave the place in the daylight and that time I pay more attention to the bedroom to the right of the living room. It had a freaking queen size waterbed, working lamps and a full size confederate flag on the wall. I don't know why but of all the things that flag gave me shivers. Now Stephanie reached out to feel the waterbed and it was warm as in the heater for the water was active she took my arm and we hoofed it out of there quickly. No she and her family did not vanish thankfully. But we left it at that, and I went on to get other friends and my first boyfriend and we all spent a lot of time on the canal which faced the only side of the red trailer that had windows, and several times I swore I saw someone peering out at me. I am skipping a few pieces because this story is so long already and I want to get to the part that has genuinely haunted me for life. So at 15 I spent almost as much time at Melissa's as I did at home, and by that point I had opened up about the red trailer and what I had seen, heard, felt and feared. For some reason I wore a blue dress with a flouncy skirt down to Melissa's I can't remember why we got dressed up now but back then it was cool. And I walked down about 1pm and we sat around chatting and doing teenage stuff. Now I had no intention of staying until dark but somehow before I realized it. It was well after dark outside. Now remember this was the 80s so we didn't have street lamps every 2 feet in fact the only one we had was at the spot where the road curved into the hump of the H which just happened to be across from the red trailer. For some reason I was unreasonably terrified to walk back by that trailer alone and told Terry that since she was almost 18 she decided that they would all walk me past it then make sure I was closer to home before they headed back. Feeling relieved we headed out it wasn't that far from their place to Mihe and I could see my porch from their place and vice versa in the daylight anyways. So we pass the red trailer and come adjacent to the trailer directly across from it and I cannot even begin to explain the numbing skin crawling feeling that raked me from head to toe but I literally froze in the middle of the road facing towards my home. It felt like I was forced to turn around and face the extremely tall and wide sliding glass doors to the trailer LF terror and I wished to the gods that I hadn't. All of us girls turned around, and standing in the glass doorway was the biggest scariest nightmare I have ever seen and I have faced some live human monsters, I looked into the face of evil and it stared back at me. 
The first thing that struck me was how tall it was it was ducking down to glare at us, me? Its lips pulled back off fangs that were glistening and damp from saliva, its eyes were vivid yellow and the size of a closed fist and its long claws made distinct tapping noises against the glass door it was framed in. I tunnel visioned on that giant furry bipedaled monster because to this day the only thing I can best describe it as is a werewolf it looked like a werewolf complete with rear articulated legs, I vaguely remember hearing one of the others whisper what the f is that and someone else whimpered. Then I blink and my friends are gone they're almost back at Melissa's place and I'm standing there under the lamp frozen. But like watching a car wreck I had to look back at that thing and it was smirking at me. I'll never forget that huge clawed hand tilting as it used one finger to beckon me to it. To this day I don't know how I broke the terror that held me in place facing that thing but I shook my head and turned running like my life depended on it and most likely it did if not my life then maybe my soul? I got home and my mom didn't even notice my fear and my stepdad was in bed he had to be at work early. I wanted to tell my mom but she was too drunk and I was too emotionally shaken to deal with her drunken fits so I went to my room and changed then crawled in bed shivering. The next day once the sun was bright and shiny I scurried down to my friend's place and asked her about it. She and her sisters had no memory of walking me past the trailer or seeing the thing in the sliding glass doors. They asked me if I was drinking or smoking pot, which I had not taken up smoking pot yet that came later that year, and I hadn't been drinking the day before. So I let it go and just kept it to myself, only a few people close to me know about this story and one of them actually went back to the park with me as an adult. The trailer was gone but I didn't have to tell him where it was he felt it, I was originally going to visit an old couple I owed my sanity to but the feeling of dread and skin crawling was too much for us so we left the trailer park. To this day if by some fluke we drive through that town and the trailer park I get nauseous and the shakes as if it is still there watching me because the trailer park sits on the main road through town across from the Santa Fe railroad tracks. I have tried to find out about any unsolved deaths in that time frame but I can't find anything and yes it could have been a joke with the Polaroid photos but that film was expensive back then and there was hundreds of photos of this girl ending with her being eviscerated on that mattress or one like it. I sadly never knew Jeff's last name so I can't search for him and have long since lost contact with Melissa and her family nor do I remember her name. If anyone has any ideas please toss them out. This has haunted me since I was 15 and I'm 48 now, I know I shouldn't have trespassed and I did bring that onto myself but what the f was it? A werewolf a demon what?